Well, we've been talking a lot about that incredible game at Allegiant Stadium, and there was just a little bit extra for the Aussies who were watching that, given the fact we're going to be over there with the National Rugby League in a couple of weeks' time. One man who has been there all week in Las Vegas for blogging the boys, the SB Nation, on Radio Row, giving us his best today as he recovers from a week in Vegas. Our man, RJ Ochoa, is on the line. G'day, RJ. Today, Jimmy, great to be with you. Uh, it's a bummer that the football season has officially come and gone. <laughs> it certainly is, uh, especially for the San Francisco 49ers, not so much for the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll get to the Niners very shortly. Overall, your thoughts on the game, the longest Super Bowl in history, 25-22. The Chiefs get it done in OT. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, I, I think it was a little bit boring for a while. Um, you know, the fourth quarter had a lot of tension, um, and it felt like everything kind of finally woke up for both teams, obviously. San Francisco with the go-ahead, and, you know, we got to see them go down the field and, um, you know, trailing, and then, you know, take the, the lead with the 1916 field goal, and then see Kansas City drive down the field and tie it, and then, you know, see both teams, obviously, in overtime. It was high-level drama, uh, which is kind of classic NFL, but uh, it did feel like the, the proper result was, was the net outcome, and so uh, that's nice, and it's kind of amazing to think that it already came and went. Yeah, yeah. All right, there's, there's uh, yeah, three players in, uh, or three people in particular out of the Chiefs organization that I want to ask you about. First of all, let's start with their quarterback, the MVP, a three-time Super Bowl champ, uh, a two-time league MVP, and a guy who's come back from 10-point deficit three times in Super Bowls. Here's the scary thing on Patrick Mahomes, RJ. He's 28. What, what's been the talk? What's your thoughts on what this guy's been able to do in the clutch moments? Yeah, it's really difficult um, not to liken him to Tom Brady, obviously, and not to presume that he's you know, going to follow some sort of you know, very similar path. Um, I think we all think that, you know, it would be foolish to assume he doesn't wind up with at least two more. Um, and, and, you know, just given his age and given his team's willingness, obviously, to, to build around him and obviously given his immense talent. And so, um, you know, I, I think after Mahomes' first season in the NFL, which was now amazingly five years ago, uh, they fell short in that AFC championship game. But so many people really thought that, that he was, you know, the future GOAT and all these things. And, it, it felt so premature at the time. I mean, it felt like, yeah, you could totally see it, but um, he didn't necessarily have the career resume to back that up. And, and while he obviously, you know, still has a ways to go, but he just catch Tom Brady. Now all of that feels real. Now all of yeah. that feels actually possible. Um, you know, it's so often that you think, you know, man, this team is, is going to walk away with so many in a row. I, I, you know, remember thinking that about the 2013 Seahawks. I thought they were surely going to go back to back and they yeah. didn't. And then they never won another. And so, um, it, it all feels within striking distance, which is kind of new territory. Um, and so it's, it's their world. I mean, and we're all living in it. It kind of is amazing that no matter what happens, to your point, they've trailed not just three times, but in every Super Bowl. I mean, every time they've been in the Super Bowl and they've won it, the team on the other side has felt like we've got them right where we want them. And yeah. um, unfortunately yeah. for them, Patrick Mahomes exists. Uh, so a part of that is Andy Reid, who had been to a Super Bowl previously as a coach, hadn't won one. Now he's got three, and now he's up there with names. Well, he surpasses Jimmy Johnson and, and Vince Lombardi, and he's he's alongside Bill Walsh and Joe Gibbs, and he's knocking on the door of Chuck Knoll. And, and it's not only that, but it's when your star tight end is screaming at you on the sideline, and yet it, it, he seemed completely unflappable. As you say, when you're behind in the Super Bowl, 
Andy Reid is completely unflappable. What's the take on Big Andy today? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a passionate take on the Kelsey Reid thing. I, I feel maybe in the minority on that. Um, it just felt like it's the Super Bowl and, and everybody's tensions and stress are elevated. But um, I do think, you know, it's so hard to compare coaches because eras were so different. And obviously he matched Bill Walsh from a title standpoint. But but just due to the, the time in which he coached, Bill Walsh was an innovator. I mean, there, there were things – there was so much more unconquered land, if that makes sense. Right. Um, and so while that wasn't the case, it hasn't been the case for Andy Reid. He has evolved. And I do think, you know, it's, it's easier now to look back on what he accomplished with the Philadelphia Eagles, granted they didn't win the Super Bowl, and say, man, that was so highly impressive. And then now look at what he's doing here. Um, and, and I think that it's so obvious that, you know, like Brady and Belichick, this isn't just Mahomes. Obviously, he's a, a significant majority of what is happening with this phenomenon. But, I mean, people thought Andy was going to retire after the first one. And, yeah. you know, hey, now he's got one he can ride off into the sunset. And, I mean, it's kind of crazy to look back on. Why wouldn't he just want to be a part of this ride and, and cash in as many times as possible? It certainly seems like everybody involved shares that disposition. Uh, managing team, managing personalities is obviously a big part of coaching, no matter what code it happens to be. When you add in the biggest superstar on the planet as a healthy, uh, exciting distraction for one of your star players and indeed possibly the entire team, that gives you a better understanding about how Andy Reid manages this squad, I would have thought, RJ. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I certainly don't mean to just involve the, the love lives of NFL players, but I can tell you from personal experience, um, when Tony Romo dated Jessica Simpson, yes. um, you know, this was a long time ago now, that was everywhere. And I mean, you know, granted, he was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, but um, all due respect to Jessica, she was nowhere near the level of fame that Taylor Swift is. And, yeah. and that was a massive deal. Um, and so you're right. I mean, that really has been a skill and, and I, I mean, I don't know anything about the relationship, but it, it seems amicable. It seems, you know, uh, yeah. even-sided. And it seems like she's probably done what she can to, to mitigate the, you know, circumstances that follow her because of who she is. And, and, and you're right. Landing this plane was, was no easy feat. And Andy Reid managed to pull it off. Uh, so, Travis, uh, interesting. His singing was bad, but the intent from uh, what he wants to do next year, I thought very interesting, given there was some sort of speculation that, he might be calling quits on what is a Hall of Fame career. I just can't see how you would if you're him. I mean, you've you've got a guaranteed ticket to the conference championship game. I mean, there's never been a team that's been able to to say that with with a hundred percent success rate, which is where the Chiefs obviously are at. And and you know we keep saying everyone keeps saying it's got to come to an end. It's got to come to an end, and it hasn't. I mean, and we're not talking about a, a three year sample size at this point in time. I mean, we're talking about. You know, it's been, you know, five, six straight AFC championship games. Yeah. It's absurd. Uh, so this is a really, really large sample size. And I, I mean, I think the, the core four, as I see it with the Chiefs, are, are Mahomes, Reed, uh, Kelsey, and Chris Jones. And I think they all have different legacy lineages to chase. Yep. And, and I do think that Kelsey has a chance to, to maybe finish as the greatest tight end of all time. If he can hang on, you know, and they cash out with one or two more while he's a part of it, it's very fair to start arguing him against Gronk given his playoff resume and obviously the number of titles, which is a big part of that discussion. All right, let's move to the other side of the locker room. Um, this is awkward now. 49ers have been to the Super Bowl twice against the Chiefs with Kyle Shanahan as their coach and, and twice they haven't got it done. As you say, despite the fact they had them where they wanted them, 
during both games. Is John Lynch, general manager of football there at the 49ers, now looking sideways at Kyle Shanahan and questioning whether he's got his man? You know, Jimmy, I feel like this, you know, the, the, the boogeyman was kind of the story of the entire playoffs and, and the story of everything felt right and it just didn't, didn't work out. And, you know, we talked about that kind of overall setting with my Dallas Cowboys. It felt very similar for the Buffalo Bills and even the Baltimore Ravens. If, if you couldn't get the Chiefs now, when can you? When they're so weakened and you're operating at your peak powers. And, yeah. I mean, you know, today in the fallout of everything, people are saying, well, you know, with Brock Purdy on their rookie con on his rookie contract, they can go get this, that, or whatever. And it's just, I mean, you need another superstar. You, you need another all-world skill position player, another defensive monster. I mean, they have the roster, and I think that that's probably what is the most devastating thing about this this little you know run that really means nothing for them is that they've had an incredible you know cast of characters and. You know, we sit here and, and rightfully are declaring the Chiefs a dynasty. And, and while I don't think that two titles would, would involve a team in that kind of conversation, it's not hard to, to look at the last four years and just change a handful of details. And we could be sitting here talking about the, the Kyle Shanahan 49ers having won three of five and how they're a dynasty. I mean, you know, they led by 10 points in both Super Bowls that they lost. They lost the NFC Championship game to the Rams because they dropped an interception. They lost the NFC Championship game to the Eagles because their starting quarterback was injured at the very beginning. And so that kind of stuff, I mean, you're you're now in the same kind of conversations as the 90s Buffalo Bills, the 90s Utah Jazz. I mean, you know, these teams that just had the misfortune of existing at the same time as some all-time great powers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Did he make a mistake in overtime in in – having use of the football first up, there was some sort of talk around the control and, and the clarity you have when you've got the ball second time uh, in, in OT. So this is a, a new thing, a unique thing. I'm, I'm sure you're aware, but in case your listeners aren't, um, because of the uh, infamous 13-second playoff game between the Chiefs, actually, and Josh Allen, the Kansas City won, the NFL changed the overtime playoff rules specifically to guarantee each team a possession. This was yep. the first implementation of that. Um, and so because of that, there's no data to, to suggest that one, you know, choice, one preferred path is, is better or has a higher win probability than the other. Last night was truly um, the guinea pig in that sense. But I do think as, as we kind of, you know, sit and look at, at the data that we did glean, I, I think that I would much rather kick. I mean, because, you know, even if the Niners had, had scored a touchdown on that opening possession, by putting Kansas City down however many points, you immediately remove punting as an option for them. You yeah. immediately put them in four-down territory. You immediately put them in their most aggressive mindset possible because they know they have to score. I mean, you wonder if, if Kansas City had faced fourth and one in, in the first possession of overtime on their own side of the field, would they have punted then? Yes. Obviously, we don't know, but um, I, I do lean with that side of the argument that Kyle Shanahan may have erred just a little bit, and I think it was a fatal error. Yeah. Well, let's get the crystal ball out and have a look next year, RJ. Who, who are we talking about after the Super Bowl 59 uh, as winners? Could it be the Chiefs again? Well, I think in, in, in the interest of being interesting, I'll, I'll go non-Chiefs answers because it really is their world. And um, I think we all are excited to see if somebody can finally three-peat, um, which has never been done before. But in, in a non-Chiefs world where they, they finally fall apart, um, it does kind of feel like the Buffalo Bills might be the best non-Chiefs team in the AFC. I don't know that I believe in the Ravens. 
Now, I'm still out on the Chargers. I want to see a little bit more before I'm ready to, to buy in. But I do think that we have all forgotten that the Bengals exist uh, because yeah. Joe Burrow left the season so early. Um, so I'd go B- Bills, Bengals, and then on the NFC side, I hate to have to admit this, but I'm terrified that the Green Bay Packers have done it again. And I'm terrified that they are going to find a way to just be lethal and be dominant. Um, I think Philly's probably taking a bit of a step back. I think Dallas is probably taking a bit of a step back. It's so, you know, San Francisco has played so many playoff games in the last few years. And unfortunately I have nothing to show for it. And eventually that, that shows up. Eventually there's some, some battle of attrition effect from that. So I'll go, um, I'll go Cincinnati, Green Bay. That's kind of how I see New Orleans shaking out right now. Okay, well, if you would like to, our great friends at Totsport have got a market up already for Super Bowl 59. Who do you reckon's favourites? I would assume San Francisco's probably the favourite. That would be my guess. Well spotted at $7. Chiefs second at seven fifty. You like Cincinnati at $13, and you like the Green Bay Packers at $20. So... Uh, wow, that's a, that's a really interesting I take. I don't know if you recall, Jimmy, but so Super Bowl 59 will be played in, in New Orleans at the Superdome. That is the same building that Joe Burrow won his national championship in. Um, and, and so it just feels like his time, and he's obviously an LSU Tiger. I mean, if, if there were anyone who could truly kind of have the ultimate New Orleans arc, um, it's that man. And obviously Jamar Chase is a part of that fold. Um, so if I have to pick one team now and you've given me the odds, I'm, I'm riding with Cincinnati at this point. Cincinnati. Fantastic. Mate, your contributions throughout the uh, course of this NFL season has been absolutely fantastic. I know the listeners love it. I certainly do as well, mate. Really appreciate it. You have yourself a great break. Appreciate it, Jimmy. Y'all be well and hope to talk to you soon.